that song, Jesus Kindness Better Than Life. Thank you for our worship team. It was good to have uh, Samaya up here earlier, representing the team ministry there. We're excited about that. She sounded awesome. And we're here today to really celebrate community and friendship. So look around at your community and say hello to your friends there. And really, we've been through a lot together. I distracted some of you probably with the, but it is just so great to, to be together. And today we're here to really celebrate uh, all that we've been through. We may have a few challenges ahead, but we've been through a lot already, and God has got us through. And a couple of announcements here. Uh, Mikhail's doing the announcements a little bit later, but we're having a groom honoring for him uh, this Wednesday night at my house if you want to come by. Thought that was a little weird for him to announce it, that he's having a groom honoring for himself. Uh, so uh, if you want to come by, you can find out more information. And then uh, next week, we're going to be starting our series, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And so hopefully you've gotten the books by now. There's, there's uh, a, a, a sheet back there that when you get it, you might be overwhelmed when you look at it. It's kind of front and back. If you're a teacher and you like details, who likes details? You are going to love this sheet. You are going to be so excited about it. April, I know Wendy, you know, I saw another hand over there. Uh, so, but it really, we're going to, it's going to lead us through this fall as we're planning to really get deep with God and really take time, make time to really uh, get deeper into our own walk with God, to even try out new things in our relationship with God. Maybe you're in a rut and you need to try something new but really to slow down and be able to connect. We're super excited uh, with this tool. We know this is just a tool, but we know that God's going to use it in a powerful way. And so this next week, uh, if you're one of those people, is chapter one. So you can start making sure you're through chapter one, and then we're going to be in chapter two next week. If, you, if that overwhelms you, just come to church, and you'll get, a, you'll get the gist, okay? Uh, and so talking about coming together, some of us come together in different ways. This is the way we do it. A lot of us do it, right? We come together for sports. I just, it says Florida. You probably can't see that, but I have to give a shout out to my Florida folks here. I see the Doherty's back there. But uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's the first week of the NFL this week, so you might see some people checking their phones during church. So no judgment, you know, we'd rather you wait. It's really, whether they win or lose has nothing to do with us. Isn't that the great thing? Whether they won or lost, it's going to be over. Your fantasy team's not going to get any better if you check the score. Maybe God will even bless you if you don't check the score. I don't know. That's kind of what I'm going for, because I was way behind before I got to church today. Um, so, it, you know, this week we, we come together to rejoice and we're grateful for you, if you're family and friends that are here with us visiting. We've got a new appreciation for so many of us, for our essential workers, medical professionals, food service people. We have so many of you in education. We have such a respect for you after this past year. For those of you in education, amen. I'm sure you want to give yourselves a hand. Danielle was starting that. You know, those in construction and have your own business, man, it has been quite a year. And we want to thank all of you in our faith community because you've helped us get through this year. 
you've helped each other to, to make it through and really survive and even thrive during this year. We send our love to everyone who's online, who's been faithfully visiting us online for over a year now. So we're happy that you're with us. We have some of our online folks with us here, the hoax who are going to be sharing in just a little bit. But they've been watching online faithfully for 18 months. And I convinced them to come for a little bit of the service today to share what God's been doing in their life. And they were super excited uh, to do that. And uh, this week I went to see one of our online uh, members here, Kamiko Kazai. Hi, Kamiko. I know you're watching right now. And it was such an amazing thing. I surprised her at her house. I was just dropping something off and I went in and we both started crying. And it was just one of those moments where you just go, man, we, it's just so good to see a familiar, faithful, friendly face. And to be able to read a scripture together and pray. And uh, she is one of our heroes. She came, had a stroke in, during COVID and has been uh, fighting spiritually, physically. She's home now and just a hero uh, trying to make it to the finish line. And it just I left there thinking, man, as much as she thought I was encouraging her, I think I was probably more encouraged. And it's, it's good to remember that, that you come to church and you think maybe someone's going to encourage you, but you encourage the people around you uh, more than you know, uh, as we've realized. And I got a little uh, art-inspired, so I'm sharing a little bit of art today here. This is the cross from the, the beams of the Twin Towers. And, uh, you know, it was cool to hear what James was sharing, but we all remember that time, or many of us remember where we were and what that was like. And this past Thursday, I got a chance to just reflect and spent just a number of hours just kind of looking back and praying. And it was kind of like I was going from praying to like lamenting to praying to being sad and overwhelmed. And can you relate to that? It's just like, man, there's so much good that came out of it and so much turmoil and so much heartache and you know, uh, a few years after that, there was a lot of, you may not know this, but there was a lot of charities that started after 9-11 by the 9-11 uh, families and relatives. And so they started all these charities, and one of them is called HeartWorks, and it made it all the way out. It's like a grassroots thing where they just see people in need and just go above and beyond to show them love. And so it made it to the West Coast, and about six years later, we got robbed in Orange County twice in this span of like two months. And so we started to feel a little uneasy in our own house there. And then they, this, this charity, Heartworks, showed up and delivered this huge package of just encouragement and movie tickets and different things. And just for no reason except just to show love. And we were so blown away, we were in tears, that out of a tragedy that, that so much good can come. And we remember that the good that came out of, of that time and all the prayers that we prayed after that time. And the way we came together, as James said, as a community. And it gave me a new respect for those that were running towards the blast. You know, the, the first responders. And in my family, I have about seven firefighters including my brother, my nephew, cousins, and some of their spouses. And it just gave me a new respect 
for people that, that do that for a living, that, that lay down their lives and put their lives in, in harm's way. And I've never been more grateful or proud to have them in my family than right around that time and, and since. And today is a time to really recognize and remember all the first responders among us and all the people that are running towards the blast, so to speak, when trouble comes to help others. You know, police officers, firefighters, medics, rescue workers, doctors, nurses, so many who sacrifice themselves. And, you know, it's been it was it's moving to really think about that and to know that we get to do that in a spiritual way here. And even in the past 18 months, you know, regardless of whatever personal opinions and perspectives we have, I feel like in many ways, even the the good police officers among us have been kind of dishonored. You know, and, and I really want to just acknowledge that most of our police officers are really, really good. And that we have so many of them that are even uh, Christians that are able to serve with the heart of Christ and bring compassion uh, to their job. And, you know, just because a few abuse their responsibility, it's good to just remember that we, we're, we're lucky to live where we live. And... We may not have it all figured out, but I don't, know, I don't think any other country really has it much better than us. And like Jesus, this is the time that we should honor and lift up our brothers and sisters, and especially those that are in the line of duty. And so we, we, we tip our hats to you today. You know who you are. And just let's make sure we go out of our way to thank those that are, that are on the front lines there. And, and just even in the medical community, you know, I know this has been a heavy time. And even just looking at, you know, and part of me is like, man, I don't even want to show these slides because it's heavy, but it's real. And I know that we're able to bring our hearts to Christ and get re- recharged. And we get to go forward with hearts that are bombarded by news of people struggling. I don't know about you, but I get a lot of news of people struggling and people wanting prayers and and sometimes I don't really want to know, can you relate? Sometimes I don't really want to hear it. I don't want to pray. I'm kind of like done. And I'm so encouraged for these times that we come together and we're able to find hope. We're able to find faith and promote the love of Christ that because of Jesus, we get refilled. And we're able to love and we're able to serve. And there's so many times this year when I've, Want to go to Christ as a friend? And I go to Christ, I'm just like, man, I am, I'm dying here. I need help. It's like I want to skip through the tulips, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like dragging along by my fingernails at times. You know, and, and uh, I'm just grateful that God has us in his hands. And I'm grateful for all of you that your faith makes a difference. That we have people that we can talk to. So many people, they don't have a community, they don't have friends that they can be real with. That they have to be happy all the time when you know that they may be hurting on the inside. And that's why we're here today celebrating community and friendship and in the name of Christ. So let's pray as we get started here. Father, we're so grateful to be together. God, we're grateful that we can bring all of our burdens to you. And you say with you that our burdens are light 
and our troubles are, are, are easy, Father. I pray that you be with this message today, that you get me out of the way and you really work through the hoax as well to help us to see you, help us to see your love and your grace and your power, especially during this time. Thank you so much for all here who are just our friends, our family, our community, those who serve others, those who give their lives for others. God, we remember and recognize those who have passed and those who are here among us today. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So my first point is God so loved the world that God, everything that he did was motivated by his love for us. That everything that he calls us to do can be motivated by the love that comes from Christ. And I'm going to read this verse and then I'm going to introduce, I'm going to have uh, Lamar and Josette come up and share about uh, a, a reunification of him and his sister that some of you may have heard about. And uh, right before they share, we're going to watch a, a, we're not trying to promote Verizon, but we're going to watch a little short Verizon commercial that has them on it that was aired uh, during the Oscars this year. And I think people really around the world are really looking for stories of hope and stories of inspiration. And to me, this really shows God's love. Uh, but in John 3:16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Amen. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. So I give you Lamar and Josette to share about God's love to them this past year. After the video. Didn't see each other for 74 years. My daughter got on social media. Oh my God. He replied. She has been looking for me. And I had been looking for her. I got my brother. They come to Long COVID. We can't see each other. We got together on a video chat. I go, hey, bro, how are you? Hey, sis, how you doing? And I just thought, I got to hug him, because now I got somebody. The network brought us together, but it does not replace this. Amen. Lamar and Joe said, everyone. Did she starts or you? Thank you, brother. Yes. Good afternoon, family. Um, we are just so happy to be here today and see all of you. I don't know, I guess y'all know who we are. I'm just that. Oh, and this is Lamar Jr. Hi. Hi. Um, we just wanted to share, Scott and I us to share with you uh, the amazing uh, experience that we had last year during the, during the time when uh, we were all at home and it was a lot of bleakness. We couldn't see friends. We couldn't see family. And when all of a sudden he got a call and he reunited with his sister. He hadn't seen his sister in uh, 74 years. Since, I'll say 1946. 46. So that'll give you an idea of from 1946 Antiquity. to last year. <laughs> so that was 78, 76. Seventy-four years that they had not seen each other, had not had any contact with them. So I'm going to let Lamar 
detail in his own words of what had happened and in things that happened. So I'm going to kind of ask him the questions so we can get a view. Lamar. Yes. I'm going to interview you. <clears throat> How did it happen that you and your sister were separated uh, back in 1946? Well, I was four years old and she was about 11. And we lived in St. Louis. And so one night, uh, I was, we were in like a rollaway bed, a cot or something in the kitchen sleep. And my mother was in the next room. And I got out of bed with Connie and decided to go get in bed with Earlene, my mother. So I went up to her and I hit the newspaper like that and said, Mama. And the paper fell on her chest like that. So I knew what a dead person looked like because she had taken me to a funeral about three weeks before that. So I told Connie, I ran in the kitchen and said, hey, sis, mom's dead. Come on. And we ran down the street in our pajamas to our Grandma Overall's house, my our grandmother. And um, that's, how it, that's how it happened. Doctors came in. Okay, next question. Why were you unable to con reconnect with her for such a long time after, you know, your mother's funeral and et cetera, et cetera, and you, why were you, you know, why did it take so long? Well, we had different fathers. She went to stay with foster parents. I went to stay. My father came and got me from Chicago. I went to Chicago to stay with my grandmother, my family in Chicago. And for over the years, for years and years, I didn't have a last name, a married name for her. And so I looked and looked and couldn't find her. And uh, at the same time, like I said, she was looking for me. But, um, hey. But did you actually think that you would ever see her again? Did you lose hope? Yes, uh, somewhat, a little bit, uh, somewhat, because I would pray for my mother, eternal prayer uh, for my deceased mother. And I would think about Connie at the same time, not knowing whether she was alive or deceased. So I would pray for her anyway, just to pray for her. So you just kept hoping? Yeah, I just kept okay. praying, kept praying. So now well, let's move forward. timeline. Let's move forward to last year. So tell us a little bit about how did it happen that you did finally reconnect with her. Yes, uh, my son, he was on Facebook. Her daughter was on Facebook. She called, uh, Vicky called uh, Hassan and said, hey, have you any kin to Lamar Hope Jr.? He said, yes, that's my father. He said, well, your father is my mother's brother. And so he hooked up the phone call. And, I mean, we were totally amazed. And the reason I knew she was my sister, because I got all emotional when I t heard her voice and started talking to her. I said, you know, I've been looking for you for my, all my life. She said, I've been looking for you all my life. And I started getting emotional. She said, stop that. <laughs> and I go, wait a minute. Hold it. Stop that. I said, hey, look, I'm a Vietnam veteran. I've been under infrared fire. I survived by the grace of God. This is God's time. I tell this woman got to be my sister to tell me to stop that. <laughs> right. So now you did some uh, Zooms and FaceTimes yeah, and all of that kind of stuff. FaceTime. But tell us about uh, when you finally got to see her in person. Yes, when we flew to Dallas, she's got five sons after we got, after we got vaccinated. We got vaccinated. We <laughs> 
We decided we decided to get vaccinated and then meet in Texas. She's got five sons and uh, two daughters. I got three sons. So my son in Texas lives about ten minutes, twenty minutes from Chris, from him in Texas, and he's got a nice, beautiful home. And we went by there, and Kelly Clarkson uh, sent her advanced people through PR people, and they came in. And so we set up the thing with Kelly for the show the next day. And Verizon had wanted us to fly to uh, Thunder Studios out here in L.A., Long Beach. I think I even worked at Thunder at one time. But anyway. Okay. So <laughs> you did the Verizon commercial yeah. after you had the uh, in-person uh, in uh, reunion. Kelly and uh, you wanted to hold up the newspaper because okay. uh, – the Desert Sun did a couple of uh, front page stories. Yeah. On, this is the Desert Sun, Palm Springs newspaper, so front page on the story. And the young lady that wrote it, she got first place in California for this article, for this story. And it's Associated Press. Okay, and I know we have to move on because Scott is. But uh, <laughs> just one thing to update. The last thing he wants to update you on, what has happened with his sister now, I think this is a very encouraging update. Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, Scott introduced me to uh, Vince Hawkins in St. Louis, the head of the church. And so she lives about 20 minutes from St. Louis, even though she's in Illinois, Fairview. So I set up, uh, uh, I, I talked to, what's it, Connie? No, I mean, Robin, Robin. Uh, Vince's wife, and so we set up. She's setting up a Bible study uh, for my sister, and she's got two of the sisters from St. Louis coming to Fairview. They're gonna start Bible studies on the 18th next week. Yeah. I just have uh, a little one, one thing to say to you that uh, in spite of the seemingly darkness of the past year, I'm reminded of the following scripture, Psalms 35. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. I pray that God will continue to keep us safe under the shadows of his wing. I thank you for letting us share. Wow, what an amazing story, huh? You could have gone all day, man. They were more excited to hear from you than me. I love that story, and it's just such an amazing, and just even with that scripture, that God is faithful for a lifetime. And be praying for Connie as she's uh, studying the Bible. You just feel like, man, she's got to get close to God after all that. You know, what an amazing story. Uh, so thank you guys for, uh, for sharing that with us. And hopefully through that, we can see a little bit of the power of God. And it said that God so loved the world that he gave his very best, that he loved everyone in the world. You know, it's amazing as this chapter starts off with Nicodemus, they're going to be taking off now. See you guys. It starts off with Nicodemus and he's asking them, how can we know? We need to know who I need to know who you are. You've done these amazing miracles. 
And Jesus talks about being born again, and they're so com- he's so confused. He's like, what are you talking about? But God is a God where we can start over at any age and at any time in our lives. That he's a God of second chances. He's a God of hope and of spiritual change. That if you knew many of us before our encounter with Christ, you would not believe the stories we could tell. Because when Christ gets a hold of us, we're different forever. And when God's love gets a hold of us, we're different forever. God's nature is love. The Bible even defines him as love, that when you love, you're you're imitating God. When you sacrifice for someone you care about, you're being like Christ. That's the nature that he's given us. That's how he created us in his image. You ever think about why you have, why you, some of us want to have kids? I mean, logically, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right? It's a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of heartache, a lot of victories too, but we just want to love. We want to give, and that's the heart of God. You can't read the Bible without that as the centerpiece of it. That it's not a book of rules. It's not the Ten Commandments. It's not all the things we're supposed to do. Or, you know, heaven forbid him waiting as to bust us in the sky for sinning. That it's a love story written for you and written for me. Jesus came to show people what unconditional love was. A love that had never been seen before. Because even though we love people in our lives, we have limits. We love to a certain point, and then we're stuck, even with people that are the closest to us. Even with our family, we can still feel that there's still kind of a conditional love there. But with Christ, there's none. That he always wants the best for you. That he's always working in your favor. He's always helping you to come closer to him. And he's even taking evil things that happen in the world and working those to him, to his benefit as well for you. See, before Jesus came into the world, humility was not a virtue. Humility was weakness. Humility was to be shamed or crushed. That you always needed to be first and you always needed to put your best foot forward. And yet with Christ, that changed. His self-giving love redefined what humility was. You know, it's like when we watch sports and at the end, do we like the athlete that says, yeah, I'm the best in the world. That was so easy. I'm incredible. No, that's, that's, the, that's pretty bad, right? That's not good. We like the all shucks guy that, hey, I just was trying to do my best. Because we value this quality that Jesus exemplified. If you could think about for a minute what it would mean to come from heaven to be born into this life. With all the things that we see. And to be born on the lowest totem pole of the pecking order in Israel. 
a carpenter born in a cave, in a stable with animals. Not even humble enough to give a really big offering at church. They just could give a couple birds. That that is the Lord that we serve. He came to hold up children. He came to value those that were excluded. He came to show worth to those who had been discounted their entire lives. My first point, God so loved the world. And he so loves you. And he so loves every one of us that if your relationship with God doesn't begin and end with that, then I hope that it can starting today. That you can feel the love and the grace and the the heart that God has for each one of us. That we think it's cool that Lamar and his sister connected after 74 years, but he's been trying to connect with you your entire life in all the ways that God is always pulling us to him, even while you're here today, so that you can testify to the love that God has for you. My second point, Jesus saves. Jesus saves. I love this picture of Peter. He's just like, Lord, help me. I'm, doing, I'm walking on water, but I'm, I'm falling. And let's continue to, to look at this scripture that I know we're all familiar with. But he says he did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That if anyone could have come to be the judge, it would have been Christ. He had moral grounds to come and tell everyone what they were doing wrong. And yet he came not to condemn, but to save. That's a good lesson that I think we've all been learning this past year. To save others, to have compassion and be moved out of love instead of judgment or or condemnation. But you may think, I don't need to be saved. I don't need help. Well, guess what? If If you don't need help, then you can't be saved. That we're all needing help from Christ. And everything inside of me says, no, I don't. I'm my own man. I make my own decisions. No one tells me what to do. And if we're real honest, we all have a little bit of that in us. Maybe we have a lot of that in us. But to be able to acknowledge to the Creator that we need Him is the first step. It's the first step in every 12-step program. Why? Because it's the hardest one to get. And sometimes we have to run into a wall over and over and over and over until we realize, you know what? My way is not working out too well. And the closer we get to the end of our lives, the more we start realizing, wow, I don't really know what's happening. I don't really know what's going to happen at the end. And that saving promise is a lot more valuable when we think about eternity. But here he goes on, he says, you know, that He who believes is not condemned and he who doesn't believe stands condemned already. And that can that can kind of trip us up a little bit like, hey, that that doesn't sound very nice. Right. That if you don't believe, then you're you stand condemned already. But that. That's because we haven't realized that we need to be saved. But it's like somebody sending you an Amazon package. 
I mean, I was knocking on Gian's our roommate here, and we've been having fun having him here. And so I'm knocking on his door. He's like, oh, I'll be there in a minute. I'll be there in a minute. And I was like, hey, I got an Amazon package for you. Oh, Amazon package? I'm going to get to the door. Like he got to that door in like two seconds. But that's what Jesus is for us. God has given us a gift. I won't call him an Amazon package. A lot better gift than that. But if we don't accept that gift, we're really saying something to the person that gave the gift. That God has given us his best and he wants to, us to accept it. He wants us to acknowledge this gift and not reject or ignore it. And I pray that today that you're ready to acknowledge that gift. Because Jesus is a gift of love and security, acceptance, protection. And ultimately, unconditional love, as I mentioned before. Think about the character of Jesus, and that's part of the gift that he wants to give you. Of humility and gentleness. Of heaven. Of being born again. And yet so many people in his day, he was trying to help them, and they refused to be helped. If you could imagine that. If Jesus was here today, like he was back then, a lot of the people that were there rejected it. Because they didn't know what form he was coming in. They thought he was coming as a king that was going to conquer and rule and take over and give them wealth and all that. And yet he was coming to give them something so much greater. The carpenter from Galilee was coming to give them a spiritual blessing and an eternity and a trusting God and a relationship with him that most people didn't see. And I pray that today that you can see that gift and you'll accept that message to be saved. That you'll look into it and say, man, I, I need help too. I need, I need help too. You know, it's been a new experience with having our kids across the country. And they go through things and they give us a call. And most of the time when you're, if you have kids that live across the country, when, most of the time when they call you, what's going on? Problems, <laughs> money, uh, help me out with this, you know, can you uh, fix this situation? And, you know, I was on the phone with my daughter before church today trying to help her fix something around the house. And, it, you know, it, it took like an hour and I'm just like, oh, it is. It's just unscrewing this thing and putting it back on. And it's just a new level of helplessness. That there's literally nothing I can do to help. I can pray for you. I can try to help you screw this thing on through the FaceTime. But I cannot do the wrench for you. It's really not that hard. Hopefully she's not watching this. But we realize our limitations. We realize our need for God and our limitations. In the times when we recognize that we can't control the world, that we need someone that's greater than ourselves. And my last point is we, we believe. I love this picture for some reason of the butterfly because it encapsulates a new life. The new life that Christ wants to give us. And right before that famous passage, he, 
shares this scripture that you're probably familiar with. It says, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. That Jesus compares himself to this snake in the to this snake in the wilderness that was lifted up. And what was happening was that the Israelites were getting bitten by poisonous snakes. And if they didn't look to this bronze snake, they would have died. And so they became a community of those who had faith in God. And what we're talking about and what we're celebrating is a community of those who look to Christ to save them. Who look to Christ for that love from God. Who look to Christ with that desperation. With that acknowledgement that this life is not it. That our life doesn't end when we finish this race here. But they had that attitude of faith and positivity. That they screamed out, we believe. And I pray that can be said of us too. That there's a lot to focus on these days that isn't that great. That we can watch the news all day or we can listen to stories all day and we can depress ourselves. Somebody said the thoughts we have determine the direction of our lives. That even scientifically, we remember the bad things more than we remember the good things. It was something to do with, you know, survival back in the day when you had to run away from lions or something. You, you, you remember the bad things. And so it takes even extra effort for us to think about the good things, to think about the blessings that we have, to be grateful for all that God has given us, to look to Jesus with that kind of faith. Like I shared earlier, there's many days when I'm overwhelmed. And I'm just like, God, this has been a heavy, heavy one. The phone rings and it's kind of like, oh, I'm going to answer it. But man, I don't know what's going to happen. And you pray and you're like, God, I want to celebrate. I want to rejoice. And he's like, well, not always. It says Jesus was a man of sorrows for a reason. Because he carried everyone's sorrows. Because he was a good friend. And sometimes, and a lot of times, I'm looking at that, my prayers, and just like, God, I need you to just pull me out, man. Pull me, pull up on the stick. I'm going down. Just help me soar. I don't know if you can relate. But that's what Christ can do for you and for me. That he's blessed my life in so many ways I can't even begin to explain. He's guided me in so many situations when I have no idea what I'm supposed to do or where I'm supposed to turn. And ultimately, he's going to guide us through death. If you can imagine that, that we're a community of faith, we invite you to join us. Invite you to carry, to, to be able to be a part of a community that loves one another. That we're not perfect, but we're trying to make a difference. That we're laying down our lives for one another. That we're looking to Christ for our strength. That he's the only thing that's going to get us through. 
And not just a couple of words saying that we believe. But there's a deep level of trust that he wants us to have. And obedience and strength that comes from that faith. That comes from the spirit that cries out, we believe. That cries out, Jesus is alive. That cries out, we, have, we are sons of Christ and daughters of Christ. So I pray that you can share those thoughts. That you can consider the love that God so loved us with. That you can find it. Look around. You might not see it right now, but if you look around, it's there. That you can celebrate Jesus that came to save us. That came to hold up humility as greater than the strongest person in this world. That he submitted himself because he loved each one of us. And you can recommit yourself and to a, a path of hope and a path of faith that allows us to be the lights of the world. So let's pray as we take our communion together and remember Christ who made it all possible. Uh, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the, the love and the faith and the community that you put us in. God, we thank you that you've heard our prayers, that you've gotten us through, that you give us strength, that you get us out of even hopeless situations, that you're the God of miracles, that you're the God of new birth, of new starts, of second chances. Father, you're the God that sees every one of us and wants to love us with your whole heart. Thank you for Jesus who sacrificed his life that we may live, who gave, shed his blood that we might find forgiveness and walk humbly and confidently with you. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.